This is na Slovensku aj po anglicky. I'm your host Sylvia Hill. Hey, I'm the host of this here show. I'm your wife, so technically I own half of it. Well, you do have a point. Could you at least introduce me? Gladly. This is my husband and minority shareholder of this podcast, Jeremy Hill. Thank you. Well, this is awkward. But it is a good segue into today's topic, romantic love. It's a thing that a million songs are written about. It's responsible for an ocean of tears, both in joy and despair. And it's the reason why I'm pale and shivering in Slovakia. This is the seventh episode in a series created with the support of Fusion, where we seek to create an overview of the migrant experience in Slovakia. We hope to answer the questions of why people move to Slovakia, what are some essential features of life here for foreigners, and why do some eventually choose to leave. In this episode we will be discussing dating, marriage, and divorce with four foreigners to learn how they find love and how they try to hold on to it. Certainly romantic love comes in all shapes and sizes. Many actually come to Slovakia with their partners. So this is not meant to be representative of all relationships for foreigners. However, I believe that we can learn a lot from these stories. So let's start with dating. Something I haven't done in 20 years. What is it like to come to Slovakia single and looking to meet someone new? I asked the question on Facebook and received an overwhelming response. In a later episode, I will return to this topic and many of the others previously discussed. But for this episode, I chose the first two kind people who responded. Here they are. My name is Luca. Uh, I'm from Macedonia. I'm here for almost five, five and something yeah, years. Mm-hmm. Currently in Ternava, but almost every week I'm in Bratislava, so I'm moving around. So, Have you been dating the entire time that you've lived in Slovakia? Oh, entire time? No. Especially not during Corona. <laughs> Though I, I was trying, but it was not so successful. But yeah, I can say 80%. Yeah. yeah. So where do you meet people? Everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can say, uh, for example, I'm, I, I'm, I was dating two Ukrainian girls, I, which I met in the bus going uh-huh. to work. So, yeah. Okay, I go out. I'm not like uh, sitting at home all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some applications I met from these applications too, but I'm going out. Mostly I'm going out. So how is easy is it to strike up a conversation with someone? Hmm. Well, it depends. If you here, if you know the language, you know the, they're respecting you more, I think. Mm-hmm. Because English, as I said to you, I told you, I mean, in Banovce, for example, they, they didn't know English. In Bratislava, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. In Ternava, so-so. But if you know the language, uh, I 
many girls there, they didn't believe that I'm from Macedonia. Because I'm trying, I'm learning, you know, more and more every day. And I'm trying to speak Slovak. I'm not trying to think in Slovak. So, so for you as a foreigner, uh, is it more important to know English or Slovak when it comes to dating? Oh, here Slovak, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. English is like, I know, I know, I know, I think from forever. So, mm-hmm. so, but uh, I was up, okay, up I upgrade my uh, English with my girlfriend from Russia. Mm-hmm. She, we were talking in English every day. But yeah, Slovak, I'm talking with every day now with colleagues uh, people around so mm-hmm. yeah it's very important to know the language here more <laughs> important than english because i said to you many people don't know right english. right and, and these slovak women you dated uh, you spoke to them in slovak or english yeah slovak at slovak. first it was in english uh-huh. first i i was trying for example uh there was one girl in banoce where i worked and I didn't know Slovak. I just you know, said I knew Ahoy, Ano, Nien, and some bad words, okay? And I said Ahoy, Ahoy. She said, okay, Ahoy. And I didn't know to con- how to continue, you know? <laughs> Conversation. I said, and I said, Facebook. And she just like this, no, Nie. And I started to leave. Oh, okay, nothing, you know? But she said, Instagram, okay, then we tr- uh, we used Google Translate. We went for a coffee and we used Google Translate, you know. When you're approaching somebody for the first time, do you think that anyone hesitates because you're a foreigner? Some uh, reactions are really okay, no problem. It doesn't matter if you're a Macedonian, it matters if you're a good man, you know, nothing, nothing more. But some, okay, Macedonians, Balkans, you are different. But mostly a good impression, you know. They're okay with this. So if you could change anything about the dating scene in Slovakia, what would it be? Nothing, man. Nothing? Nothing. Good as it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crazy as it is, but good, yeah. You're a satisfied customer. (laughs) What can I say? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So uh, it's crazy, but I like it, you know. So would you say that you're an optimist about uh, finding love in Slovakia? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm optimist. Of course. I'm <laughs> planning to stay here, so I'm not planning to go back to Macedonia. <laughs> and I don't go. I don't want to go to other country because I found my USA, my America here. Yeah. Cheap beer, beautiful women, not so bad salary. And I like the people. I like I like everything. So my name is uh, Anata. Uh, I'm from Poland. Uh, and I was living in Slovakia for four years, uh, 2015 till 2019. And during that time, uh, you were trying your hand at dating. Uh, yes. And the long term relationship was uh, definitely my goal throughout all those years of dating in Slovakia. I was already at that age and uh, that you start looking at men and your future more seriously. Um, so, yeah, I've been dating. Um, I was dating all four years when I was there. How did you meet people when you were dating here? Oh, it was the uh, first thing uh, I did. 
uh, after moving to Bratislava, obviously when I unpacked my uh, my things, was installing Tinder uh, mm-hmm. on my phone. And that was, since I did not know anybody uh, in Slovakia, um, I just uh, started swiping right and left just uh, just to meet people. Uh, and I was single uh, at that time. I wanted to find friends and I wanted to find uh, a boyfriend. Did you feel that it was important to speak Slovak and to meet people? Um, yes and no. It depends on a on a person because you can have all those things and topics in common with that one person that you've been texting on Tinder for a couple of weeks. And then you meet that person and you hear, oh, now it will be difficult because I don't have Google Translate in real life, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened to me with um, with one Slovak guy. Um, so you can imagine it was a quite silent uh, date. Uh, and we agreed to go and watch one of the quarterfinals. Uh, I think it was during Euros, because um, football was one of the things we had in common. Uh, and oh god, that was the longest game ever! It was a draw full time, then it was extra time, and then were penalties. So I just couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> if you could have changed anything about the dating scene in Slovakia, what would it have been? The Slovak people, I would say, be more direct be more honest so if you don't want to meet that person just say it if you met that person you're not longer interested just say it don't waste anybody's time and for foreign people um don't just meet don't just date people because you feel alone and lonely in a different country which is i think what happened to me as well um and there is one more thing i was thinking um about in this context i don't know if it exists in slovakia but here in england there is something like ask for uh, angela mm-hmm. uh, which is a brilliant thing when it comes to dating uh, you have those posters uh, usually uh, in the toilets um, and it says that whenever you feel not comfortable and um, during your date you can just go to the waiter and ask for Angela, and they will help you to get out of the situation. And and I think this is something should be all around the world because it's very, uh, very helpful. And the times are uh, quite weird. You never know who you're going to meet, especially when you uh, uh, when you're on Tinder and you meet somebody online. There are a lot of uh, people that basically catfish each other so uh yeah ask for angela that will be something i would change in slovakia can you just uh tell me the story about uh meeting uh your um, current partner your your english partner and how you ended up uh in england yes of course um so uh there is a pub uh in bratislava old town called red lion um, and uh, me and my friends from all the nationalities you can think of um, used to go and go there uh, on Saturday nights for karaoke. Um, and one of our friends left to Switzerland. Um, and then he said, oh, I'm coming for a weekend. Let's do the karaoke night again. Uh, and I went there. Uh, I was standing at the bar because uh, everybody else was late. <laughs> I was the only one on time. Um, uh, and uh, 
somebody just came to me and asked me, do I look better with or without the flat cup? Uh, and I was completely not interested. And I said, there is no difference. Uh, but uh, it's fair to say he did try the whole night. Um, and yeah, eventually we started uh, texting, uh, calling each other for hours. And uh, I came to England for, for four days. And uh, I basically knew that would be uh, that would be the love of my life. That night, he told me that I'm going to be his uh, wife, which I thought, yeah, he just wants to uh, <laughs> probably meet me for one night stand. But uh, yeah, we're engaged now. So he did not lie. <laughs> and you have a child. Yes, we do. Uh, Oscar is today three months old. Uh, and he's a wonderful baby. Uh, I had no idea that just one karaoke night in Bratislava can change my life completely. Congratulations to Aneta. That's the kind of love story she will hold dear for the rest of her life. If one is lucky like her, often the next step in a relationship is marriage. That was certainly true for me. I've been truly blessed. My wife has given me two decades of love, two wonderful children, and one mother-in-law who haunts my dreams. Now let's hear from our next guest about his experience with marriage. My name is Rida Ramsey. Uh, I'm from Sudan. I'm 47 years old. I'm a dentist. Uh, I've been here for almost 22 years. Actually, my Slovak wife in September uh, 2001. It was actually, I can say, love at first sight. So how long had you been in Slovakia when you first met? My math is not so good. Uh, Actually, when we met, actually, I was around four years in Slovakia. I came to Slovakia in 97. So how was your Slovak at that point? Actually, it was kind of weak. It was kind of weak. I was trying my my best to improve my Slovak language. Um, it got way better thanks to my my wife because mm-hmm. uh, she was the one behind everything. Yeah. So um, it was it was actually weak. And so, did you primarily uh, speak to your wife in in English? I spoke to my wife a little bit in English, a little bit in Slovak. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we used sign language to understand each other. So, (laughs) (laughs) did your wife have to help you through um, certain aspects of life in Slovakia at any point? Yeah, yeah, she did actually. Um, The things that I found myself kind of uh, a little bit lost, or I I I couldn't grasp exactly what they they're asking me. Say, for example, if I if I had I don't know kind of an application form, some some type of a form or anything, and uh, I go through it. There are things that actually I couldn't understand, and I couldn't actually um, just to prepare it in order to apply. Uh, she always was very supportive, uh, and she explained everything to me. She she guided me in many 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 things. So I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful to her. Were there any um, cultural differences uh, that? were challenging for you two as a couple? Um, actually, I cannot say challenging. In, in each uh, relationship, uh, there is uh, 
the aspect of, of you can say communication, how we communicate with each other, how we we explain things to each other. She didn't actually know a lot about my culture, about my religion, about my the way I was brought up. So uh, um, in the beginning when we were dating, we had many, many chats and talks about how are things in our country, how are the cultures are different, but uh, specifically challenges. I don't say that it was challenging because uh, we always spoke to each other about many things, how how I used to live, how I, I was brought up um, about our religion, um, about Islam, what 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 Islam is about, um, uh, what do we have uh, to uh, to respect uh, regarding the religious matters and so forth. But um, she was very understanding, um, very respectful to everything, and, and um, I, I don't say I can't say that we faced any challenges in that. But there there are some difficulties that come with being separated from your family or uh, you know just being divided considering that uh, um, do you think that uh, friends and family are generally sympathetic to uh, those challenges uh, you face as a mixed couple yes they are um mm -hmm. actually there was in our uh, in our relationship there was only one challenge i can say uh is um, my parents accepting uh, the fact that their son is getting married to uh, um, to a woman from from another country. That was the only challenge uh, in the beginning when when we got married. And uh, uh, my parents actually, because of that fact that I knew how they um, how they refused the idea of me. Um, um getting married from abroad um i couldn't actually tell them when we died or not they didn't know about it we we actually we secretly got married and then when they knew about it um it was it was kind of challenging in the beginning maybe a couple of months or almost a year we 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 actually didn't speak to each other and then when when we had the chance to explain things everything went fine but it was challenging for me to uh, uh to 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 let them accept the fact that i i got married from from another country um afterwards when they when they saw her on on a video chat when they uh when they spoke to each other and they they immediately changed their minds because they saw how how nice and supportive she was and accepting uh, to, to the fact that uh, we are completely different. We come from a different country and so forth. I can say it was challenging for me personally to be in this situation uh, um, in the beginning. But afterwards, my parents, they were very sympathetic regarding the, 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 the mixed cultures. Um, because they already knew, they already lived in and abroad, and they know how things, uh, how how life is is different in in in, in abroad than in our countries. Well, so let's talk about uh, how people see you as a mixed couple in Slovakia. You know what? Um, 
by nature people are curious to know about uh, um, foreigners or other cultures and nationalities they um, uh, they 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 actually they they are curious about how we think how is our mentality how we actually uh, look at um, at at other uh, at the others uh, regarding where they come from how they behave what they do um, if they are strict in their religion or not um, um, but I can say maybe we people they looked a little bit uh, different or strange when they saw us together was only the beginning when we started dating but afterwards um, uh, it got normal um, maybe because I have a little bit a lighter skin color maybe they they don't recognize that I come uh, from another country or I look like a foreigner or so forth so uh, that that actually helped a little bit for people not to look at me and with a strange eye that you where do you come from and until they look in into my eyes and they see that I have darker eyes than theirs and then at that moment they realize that I come from another country is there something that you wish that people understood about uh, these mixed relationships yes first um, in any relationship the most important thing is love respect and communication Couples, they need to communicate with each other. Most of the time, people, they, or I can say the, the, the way I see it, even in Slovakia, uh, uh, either uh, both of them, if they are Slovaks or uh, one of them um, is, is, is uh, from another nationality or comes from another country and she's a Slovak or vice versa, you can say that most of the cases I saw that when they are separated or they're divorced um, because of the lack of communication. They don't talk to each other. They don't explain things to each other. So uh, uh, actually for me, my personal experience with my wife, I didn't find a problem with that. We didn't have any problems uh, uh, explaining things uh, or uh, kind of... Um, merging our both cultures and both traditions together uh, it was it was so easy for me to adapt uh, with with life and culture in Slovakia than anyone else but definitely I saw many cases that uh, acquaintances or, or, or friends of mine they got divorced from their uh, wives because actually they didn't they didn't communicate that much and didn't understand each other because of the lack of communication. Of course, no matter how hard you try, some marriages eventually end in divorce. This can be especially challenging for foreigners who also have children and want to stay in Slovakia. Our next guest explains how he survived divorce but became a happier person with a new love. Hi, my name is Mark Manny. Um, I've been living in Kosice, Slovakia since about 2007 when I became a resident. And before that, I'm from a small town, Wisconsin, growing up. And then I went to university in Colorado Springs, Colorado, got my MBA, and then uh, worked in Seattle for about five years, Seattle, Washington. And about 2007, made the decision to uh, to move to Slovakia with my with my wife, uh, who was who was Slovak. We had already been together for about, geez, about 12 years at that point, uh, I lived in the U.S. Okay. 
And and so did you meet your Slovak wife in in America? We did. Yeah, I met her. She was a she was a foreign exchange student in high school. Oh. So it was we never we never sort of planned to stay together, but we we dated in high school and just fell madly in love. And and when it was time for her to go home, we didn't want the relationship to end. And so we uh, we ended up getting married very young. Uh, which which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, <laughs> but it was you know it's our path, and we went to university together, and we were together um, you know for ultimately for about twenty two years, uh, married. Did uh, moving to Slovakia um, change your your marriage in any way? I guess it probably did, um, although I'm not sure that was really the the issue. We actually were together for many years in in Slovakia, another another ten years or so. I think. I think what happens in any kind of, you know, relationship that's going going south basically is it gets to be the cycle of kind of a lot of arguing, a lot of uh, lack of forgiveness and blaming each other. And I think the challenge of being of being married young is is that people can change through the years. Um, you know, not not just that. Obviously, there are other challenges with kind of committing to one person from age eighteen, um, and going to college and so forth. But but I think what ended up happening is is just um, you know we we changed a little bit. I I kind of um, went more in, in sort of a spiritual direction of of studying these kinds of topics and and kind of found that what, what I kind of needed is unconditional love and and, um, and and she was kind of very much still in the in the mode of of expectations around marriage and 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 um, conditions upon upon things and. So our language of communication just became kind of toxic where we'd have a couple of good days and then end up having an argument and it just kind of gets worse and worse. And I think any any divorce um, in the early part of a relationship, you can have those arguments and disagreements and you make up and it's, it's all good for a while and it's kind of okay. And as as you become very different people and there's just all this, this history of things that have happened and things that you've said and done and everything else, and if you're not able to forgive and, and love unconditionally, um, love the person for who they actually are, um, there's a risk that you grow apart. And, and, and when you grow apart, then there's other problems that start to happen. Well, can you tell, you, tell me about uh, your decision making uh, when it came to finally deciding yeah. to divorce? Well, my, I, don't, I didn't make that decision. I, my, my philosophy and, and part of what I learned through my, my spiritual studying of things like A Course in Miracles and Eckhart Tolle and these kinds of you know, materials is, is to accept um, reality as it is. So what I, what I decided was actually that I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be loving the way that I'm loving and um, let whatever happens happen. And so what happened is, is eventually she just didn't understand me. We didn't understand each other and argued for a couple of years. And, and she made the decision that, you know, I, this has to end. And I said, you know, okay, this is what is happening. Hmm. Um, may I ask, uh, what was your legal status at the time? Uh, were you a permanent resident or had you? Uh, do you yeah, I've been a permanent res- yeah, I've been a permanent resident since 2007. Um, and, you know, having a daughter. So that based on the fact that I'm a, that I'm a uh, you know, have a, I have family here, not just married to her, but then also now I have, I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, the divorce, w- w- the divorce took a while. Right. So we split up and then there and then there was we just kind of put the whole divorce topic on hold. And I didn't want to ever marry again. So I just thought I don't really care whether there even is a divorce. And we left it that way for a little while. And at some point she said, OK, I, 
I'm going to do this. I, I found a lawyer. And the, the important thing was that we agreed to the terms right away. So when I, when I split up, it wasn't like going through. The last thing you want to do is go through the courts and fight your, your battle. What you, what you really have to do if there's kind of the end of a, of a marriage, especially when there's a child involved, is you have to be able to communicate about, about the reality of, of what you're getting, what she's getting. And in my case, it was, it was a little bit more difficult because I felt, I felt vulnerable, right? Being, being foreign in Slovakia, I wanted to stay because I have a daughter and she was four or five years old. And so obviously this is, this is home. This is where my, my, my kid is, right? So I didn't, but I didn't feel like I had the sort of as a resident um, and, and not speaking Slovak, you know, flu, completely fluently that I could really fight in the, through the, through the system. So I may have agreed to some things that she, I feel like, you know, and I felt all along that she was getting more out of it than I was. It was pretty unfair, but I agreed just to keep some kind of peace. Whereas, you know, I wanted half custody. She got more like, you know, 80%, 70, 80% of the time with my daughter and I didn't know how to fight it. And, but looking back on it, it's probably, it was probably the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, it's the, the idea of accepting the reality and and when you know when I felt things were unfair, I, I simply expressed it, and she would come back and she would maybe change it a little bit. But you know we we got to an agreement, an informal written agreement between her and I, with no lawyers involved, what we agreed to, and we lived that way for you know indefinitely. And and, and then when it, when it came time where she wanted the legal divorce, which I was okay with, of course, um, we used that as a basis for the agreement, and basically never went to court. So the, the the judge took or the lawyers took care of it with the court. The court agreed because we had already agreed to all the terms, and it was kind of an effortless process. Where you know she she found the lawyer and drew up the documents, and I had I reviewed them, and it was it was basically what I had already agreed to. Um, so it was it was great in that in that sense. It wasn't it wasn't a battle, and that that's um, that's I, what, I, what I'd hope for anyone going through divorce as painful as it is. The last thing you need is to have this battle about custody and threats. And money, um, you need to be able to communicate on the practical level for the purpose of your children, you know, and, and for yourselves. So you haven't stayed single since then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It didn't take too too long before I sort of found found myself in a in a relationship um, with my current partner. Um, we never planned to to sort of. It wasn't like we met and tried to start a family and tried to get married. We kind of, I was at a place where I didn't want any of that. Um, and she was, she's much younger. She was about 14 years younger than me. And, and, you know, she wanted a family and she wanted a normal marriage and all this. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not me. Right? Um, I'm, I already have a kid and I'm, what are your parents going to think about, about me, my age and all, everything else. So we just, we just tried, tried to enjoy each other's company. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we, why we, we fell in love is because there was, there was none of these expectations. There was only friendship. There was only the closeness and unconditional love unconditional uh, acceptance of each other at some point you know she felt she moved in and then I met her parents and her parents were completely accepting and wonderful um her family was was great and there was just it just kind of fell into place and it's like I guess I guess we're together and um we decided to sort of keep the same relationship we had formed is to is to not change okay now I expect this of you now we're living together so, so here's the rules and here's expectations. And so we had this one rule, never any rules or expectations. It's just, I'm so enthusiastic about it. And she is too, that, you know, we, we try to share this with people. We try, I've, I've, I've written books about it. I've, I've, um, I have a blog and talk 
about love. I do talks and we tell our friends and, and, and basically it's a, it's a hard message for people to hear because that's not really how the world does, does relationships and, and, and marriage. And, and yet there's a lot of problems, which I've experienced both sides of this. There's a lot of problems with doing it the normal way um, as far as just be, making it work. And a lot of times I think marriage ends up being a successful marriage means you're both miserable until, until you die one day. Uh, so, you know, I think life is, life can be lived in a, a much happier way where you can be you and you can, you can kind of, you know, be accepted where you are, loved where you are. Eventually we, you know, we, I decided, well, why not, why not have, have a kid? We, you know, we were, weren't married yet, but I said, well, we're forever. Right. So I'm not leaving you. So she's like, I'm not leaving you. So let's, <laughs> let's do this. And, and so we, um, we had, a, had a little boy and, and, um, and then a couple of years went by, we still weren't married. Um, and I felt, I felt maybe it's probably a good idea for me just as a, as a who knows what happens in the future. Um, I don't want to leave her. She doesn't want to leave me ever. And if we have to move somewhere else, if we stay here, me as a, as a resident, maybe it's better if we just get that legal thing of marriage done. Um, so we, we got married actually this year, but did it in a very humble way with, with just her parents and brother and, and uh, no fanfare, no massive money being spent. Like just let's go to the courthouse and just, just get this done while not changing the, 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 the DNA of our relationship in, 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 the, in the process. And so that's what we did this year. It seems that love finds a way. That is all for this episode. I want to thank my guests. Hi, my name is Mark Manny. My name is Rida Ramsey. My name is Luca. So my name is uh, Anatta. Mr. Manny is a talented author and musician. Mr. Ramsey is a stellar dentist in Trenchen. I will link to their work in the show description. As I mentioned before, this podcast and my series on migration is supported by Fusion, a program of the Milan Szymeczka Foundation, whose goal is to create a platform for migrants living in Slovakia whose voices should be heard more in our society. Fusion hosts the Fusion Festival and, with the cooperation of migrants and their communities, organizes other events around the country to showcase the art, projects, perspectives, and stories of the lesser-known people. To learn more about their events, hear the stories of other migrants in Slovakia, and listen to this podcast series, visit fusion.sk. That's F-J-U-Z-N S-K. Also, follow them on social media. You can find the links in the show description. The new web address for this show is nsapodcast.eu. That's nsapapodcast.eu. Please subscribe, share, and comment on this show. It really helps. Next month, we will be talking about Slovak healthcare. I hope you will join us then. Thanks for listening and take care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, this is so hard. Okay.